T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! The baseball season is way too long. The game is way too slow. It's so boring to watch. Shut up. Get your peanuts, Cracker Jacks, and IPAs ready. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Swing and a long drive. Deep to right. Covering all things baseball. Going. Going. The big leagues. Going. Going. And the MLB to Portland. Goodbye. He has done it. He has changed the game of the night with one swing of his bats. Now. Here are your hosts, Patrick Harris and Mike Lynch on 1080. Bang, zoom, go the fireworks. The fan. Welcome into the hot corner for it must be a Wednesday as it's always a Wednesday. Hello, everybody. Hello. How do we do a baseball show when there's no baseball or anything else in life that's existing? We make it up. Well, that's kind of what we always do anyway, right? Yeah. I'm we just, just kind of sit down and go, baseball, throw it against the wall. What sticks? Oh, we're talking about Lost today. Oh, I talked about SpongeBob. Ooh, the Astros are massive cheaters. Let's talk about that for a month. Because <laughs> it's, it's sticky and it's staying the wall, and it was kind of not great. But, yeah, right. that's, kind of what, that's, that's kind of what we do here. Yeah, I'm just excited the radio station's open. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that that that's what I'm pumped about. I mean, it's it's sort of open. I've still got two jobs. That's yes. kind of amazing. You still have two jobs. It's kind of amazing. Um you're very lucky in that sense. I'm quite lucky. Comparatively. I I I am quite lucky. Um I feel terrible for all of those out there in our industry. That's a massive shout out to you guys. Um and and gals and theys. Um yeah, it's kind of a crazy, surreal thing. You know, every friend I have in the industry, with the exception of like six people that I work with, don't have jobs. It's pretty crazy. Um, at least unemployment, right? Yeah, hopefully. I don't. If the site could not crash, that'd be yeah, rad. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around all of this. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it on the air eventually. But, uh, you know, my head's been elsewhere the mm-hmm. last month or so. Yep. And um, 
I've had a lot, a lot on my plate. So it's been really difficult for me to focus on anything else. But as that lot of my plate is winding down, this is starting to creep up. And I'm sitting here going, I'm thankful that I'm I'm deemed important enough mm-hmm. to still have a job. I have this letter from Homeland Security deeming me essential personnel. Oh, nice. So like if I get pulled over, I can just flash this letter and be like, no, no, no. See, I don't need to be shut in. I'm offering critical communications infrastructure facilities. What? How do I get one of those? I mean, I was emailed this from our from our engineer Jeff today. To I'm print, just gonna print it out and put it in my car. Does it have your name on it? No, it just says let's this photocopy person. that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's coming from John O'Connor, which would be greater if it was just coming from John Connor. Ah, uh, yes, the Great Judgment Day. Yes, the the man who led us through the re- the revolution. So I'm very thankful for that, and that on air personalities are still here during this time because we are important to disseminate information to the people as well as. To give people some entertainment when they are stuck at home and getting stir crazy. I'll tell you what, this is a very, very nice distraction for me today. The last few days have been pretty rough. You know, I, my yeah, my. I rest- saw you yesterday, and I went, "Oh yeah." Yeah, my restaurant went from about eighty-five people to six employees. And, you mean? Yeah, eighty-five employees to six employees, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're lucky we have six. You know, and that you're one of them for now. I I am very lucky, but you know, you just feel terrible for you know all my friends and. When you told me, because I, I my didn't, staff and all that kind of stuff, I didn't realize the ramifications of the of the Kate Brown thing from yesterday. I could tell when you came in. No, I no, was no. like, oh, he doesn't really realize what's no, going I, on. I knew what was going on, but I didn't realize the the scope of people who are going to instantly lose their jobs. Yeah, I, I thought because I had seen other companies say we're creating these creative ideas to keep our employees in work, and we're going to do this, this, and this, so they still have something to come in and do. And then when you told me that basically everyone in the industry got laid off, and that's the service industry, mm-hmm. um, I went, what? And you said, just so you know, Mike, I mean, you do know this, but Portland is a service industry town. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I-, I would estimate a third of the people in this city lost their jobs. Yeah, I would and say. And I sat there and I went, I don't understand how to comprehend that. Yeah. And I know I just used two synonyms back to back, but I don't, I, how, how do you wrap your mind around that fact? And it's all over something we can't see. Mm-hmm. And it's all over something that people our age might not even feel that we have. Right. And it's all over something that is scary but doesn't feel scary. Right. And it's like it's it's really, really hard to understand. Yeah, I think over a hundred thousand people lost their job on Monday night. A hundred thousand people. Right. At one time. McMinimans closed all their places except for the bottle shop on twenty third and laid off three thousand people. Saw that in Oregon Live, yeah. That is un believable yeah so you know if you're out and about if you're you know listening at home or you know in the car doing whatever you're doing you know we appreciate you listening very very much so uh the best way to do this is you know i work in the craft beer biz you know mike and i have got the beers on us podcast that will drop tomorrow that will keep going uh for all you guys and your podcast needs because you know hey there's nothing else to do you might as well listen to podcasts and see uh, those download numbers go through the roof through the roof Um, so, you know, what I, what I will say to everybody is if you're a craft beer drinker, which a lot of people are in this town, go to the brewery, go to your local bottle shops. If they're still open, go to those places and buy directly from them. That's, what's going to help them. Grocery stores are making an absolute, I was about to use the K word, but that doesn't really, it's not really apropos for this, but they are doing very, very well. Right. They do not need your beer business we need your beer business. I really, 
really worry that maybe over half of the breweries in this town will close because of this. Like some smaller breweries that need their tap room open every single day, doesn't look good. Doesn't look good at all. I mean, I think we might be okay in the short term just because of our brand and we've got really smart people in the right places. But I mean, I mean, I, I could I could lose my job in two days. You know, that's kind of how serious this thing is. So if you really want to help out, most places are doing, you know, to-go food and to-go packaging, whether it's bottles, crowlers, growlers. I know everybody's doing amazing crowler specials. So to get fresh beer on tap, because we got to move that beer, especially yeah. hoppy beer. It goes bad. We dump it. We lose more money. Yep. So if you like beer and I like beer, go help us out. Do you, do you know of any ideas or plans for, uh, maybe you don't, but if people are like afraid to leave their house mm-hmm. for these places to join up with Postmates or Grubhub or Uber Eats or whatever to get that food out and the beer out to places... Is that something that can even be worked on at this point? Because that's those are obviously nationwide companies versus small local Portland breweries. Or is it going to be the responsibility of the people to go out and, and get the food and the beer? Well, I don't know about those companies. I know we just signed up with Caviar to get that going. And the consumer eats those costs of that delivery system. It doesn't cost us any money. Um, and but it I, gets it out to more people, it which does, will help you in the yep, It gets it out to more people. And you can you can give most breweries a call a call and get curbside service. So you don't have to go in. If you're worried about going into the place, you don't have to go in. Someone will bring your food out to you in gloves and your beer and send you on your merry way. I did that yesterday. I went to Pine State Biscuits on 23rd, and right on their door they said, if you want curbside service, just call this number. I called it. The lady at the desk waved at me through the window as I, as I talked to her, placed the order. Mm-hmm. They had seats outside, brought it outside. We ate it. So we still got to eat the food we wanted to eat. Yep. We just didn't get to go into the restaurant. Uh, I made dinner tonight. That was pretty cool. Like at your house? At my house. What did you make? Uh, I just had some salad, um, but it was but it was amazing. I mean, I usually eat at like this time because uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of that late eater. But uh, yeah, I had dinner. I sat on my couch and watched the local news at five o'clock. And had dinner. My cat sat on my lap. Well, after I ate, but <laughs> that'd be awkward. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to learn how to become a better cook because I can cook a little bit. But not really. Oh, you should work in the restaurants or not because <laughs> none of us do. Oakley, Oakley. Well, we got some fun for you guys lined up today. And so we'll get into that. I'm not quite sure how long we'll go on this. So I haven't really planned anything else. But if we got to figure out some stuff, I'm sure we got some stuff we can figure out. Uh, you can follow us on uh, social media. Mike's at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. I'm on Instagram at PDiddy085. And you can find our f- fantastic producer, Mr. Joe Fisher, on Twitter as well at JoeFish3. That's F-I-S-C-H. Harass us. We love it. There is the fan text line 55305. That bad boy lets you interact with us throughout the entire show. Uh, and speaking of that, the uh, Beers on Us podcast drops tomorrow wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, including at 1080thefan.com. We'll be doing a tasting room episode. Found some cool stuff in the shop today, actually. I supported one of my local bottle shops and threw some money their way to try to help out in this dire time. So let's, make sure uh, make sure you check that out. Yeah, let's uh, let's have a little normalcy on the podcast tomorrow because last week we focused on the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, tomorrow we will mention some stuff. We will yeah. obviously have to talk about it because it's timely. But let's uh, let's get back to some normalcy as well. Yeah, because I think, you know, we're, we're surrounded by all this stuff all day, every day. And, you know, I, I do maybe at some point today I do kind of want to get into what we logically think the season may start. That could be a fun little conversation. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, let's try to keep it light. Let's try to have fun. 
Uh, it is not after dark yet, which is a strange thing. I didn't notice last week if it was not. I think we were all so caught up in what was going on that I don't even know if it was light or dark out. It was light. Okay. Uh, anyway, so, hey, hey, uh, last week is like a thousand years ago to me. Uh, anyway, so we got all that, so stay tuned. Coming up next, your favorite player you ever saw with your own eyes. Not the best, but your favorite. We'll do all that next. This is the Hot Corner on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Seven seventeen here. I saw a really funny thing on Instagram. It was um, some great Brian Wheeler calls from Blazer Games, and it was this dog running out the door and diving into giant piles of leaves. So it's like this dog. Door opens up, dog runs and just sprints, bom- right? just sprints and then bombs into these pile think, of leaves. I think I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, and it's just these great Brian Wheeler quotes from Blazer Games. It's like his voice on top of it. Oh, and he hits it. <laughs> it's pretty good. I don't remember where I don't remember where my friend found it, but uh, but I, I saw it on Instagram. I just thought that was hilarious. In times like these, we need little things like that. Well, like just little moments of happiness. Yeah, right? that's what's so crazy about this whole thing. Like. The two staples in my life I can't do. Oh, God, my life sucks. No. You know, it's like I can't go to a bar and I can't watch sports. But I can watch Harry Potter every day on TV. Yes, you can. (laughs) Guess what? You can get into gaming if you'd like. I know, I know. I have an emulator. I've been playing Lemmings from Sega. Okay. I don't know what that is. Joe's head just popped up. He was like, he's like, you know what an emulator is? Yeah, I was kind of. I think that is the buzzword that got me there. I was like, oh, what's what? that? I know what an emulator is. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm not stupid. Well, I don't know. Well, That's I'm like gonna, come on. Emulators are very like super gamer nerd things. Yeah, and you are not a gamer nerd, right? But you get emulators with like Sega and Super Nintendo and regular Nintendo games, and that's great. Yeah, like what everybody did with the old Xboxes. I like how I was saying the mic's like, I know what that is, idiot. <laughs> I just like how you're explaining it to me. Like, yeah, I know what I need is I need a I need yeah. a USB powered. N64 controller. Oh, do those even exist? I, they I, they have to. They have to be knockoff ones that you plug into for an emulator. Or maybe there's an adapter for right. the N64 to USB. Right. Mm. I need that because I tried to play some of the 64 games and you can't. Get some Rainbow Road in there? Yeah, dude. Mm. I'm trying to get after it. Do, do. Anyway. I, I have the whole Rainbow Road song in the system <laughs> because it's the story time with Joey background music. <laughs> Anyway, so there's this thing kind of rolling around uh, rolling around the internet. Uh, Big Souk was talking about it yesterday on Primetime, and I thought it would be a fun thing for us. Uh, he found it through, I think, Darwin Barney or Portland Diamond Project, something like that. And you can trace back to somebody, but somebody kind of put this out there with baseball season on uh, pause for now. To create your full base, to create a full baseball team of your favorite players you saw with your own eyeballs. Not like you had to be in the stadium, but you can't just that like you watch. Yeah, like my favorite players of all time are Mickey Mantle and Bob Gibson, you know, things like that. But I obviously never watched those guys, so I can't choose those guys. So I thought it would be fun. Joe, did you do this as well? All right, cool. So I thought this would be fun for the three of us to just kind of talk about our favorite baseball players. And we can even tell stories about why we love them so much. Okay. One thing that I thought was really funny about this, because I was looking at a lot of like lists 
of like all time greats for some positions that I couldn't. Nobody really came to mind. I was so, looking at like greatest players from the last twenty years yeah, and think, just trying to get reminders. Of yeah, and just kind of look at some guys' names. I'll tell you what. It might have been in some positions. It might have been easier to field my most hated team of all time. Because oh, yeah. catcher was a really big struggle for me, but I saw A.J. Pierzynski, and I was like, mm. <laughs> relievers, I was like, Jose Mesa. Mm. You can you know? get a wireless adapter and use an Xbox controller on N64, says this text. Really? Because mm-hmm. I have an Xbox controller. Good. Then look up wireless adapter. Maybe the texture can send you one in the link. Wee! Please. Uh, 1271, last four digits of your phone number. Can you please send a link to Patrick Harris <laughs> so that he has something to do when the beer and the sports are gone? Uh, the beer's not going to be gone. I got keys to the building. <laughs> Both buildings. Oh, boy. <laughs> All three buildings? No, nope, just two. No. But I'm good buddies with people that got keys to the other building. Mm. <laughs> anyway. If you want some black market breaks out in the next month or two, you know who to call. Holla for a dollar. Ghostbusters. All right, where do you guys want to start? You want to start oh, in. That was a bad joke. You want to start with uh, pitching. You want to start with catching. You want to start with your favorite player on this list. I would like to. You know what? How about we go in order of position? Okay. Catcher through DH. Okay. And then Joe's got to go PP. Thanks, Joe. Uh, starters through relievers. Let's just go in order, right? Because that's okay. how you, that's how you would like in fantasy baseball set yep. your lineup all the way down. God, this this lineup is so sexy. Not really. I'd probably get shelled, but. I like these guys. All right. So then we'll start at catcher. This was the most difficult position for me. Okay. Because I always really liked Pudge Rodriguez. But Until the whole into a yeah, lying, cheating. Yeah, but the whole thing really kind of made that ugly. And and this this conversation will pop up again later. And so by the way, feel free to text in your answer yeah, to these please, positions, please. 55305. And so then I started like kind of thinking about it, and it was like I liked Buster Posey a lot, but I, I didn't like love him. I just thought he was really good. And then I kind of just settled on Yachty Molina. I felt the same way about Joe Maurer. Yeah. I was like, I like Joe Maurer, but I don't love Joe Maurer. Yeah. I, I never felt like a connection with him. I kind of just sat on Yachty Molina and was like, okay, this is my guy. And then it dawned on me. I bought a T-shirt for the homeboy. When I was at the World Series in 2016, my catcher is Mike Napoli. Party at Napoli's. Because <laughs> he wasn't even a catcher for half his career. I know, I That's know. But thing. he qualifies as a catcher. And I went with Mike Napoli because the memory I have of him being a part of that Indians team and the fact that he qualifies as a catcher. Right. It's like if you choose Edgar at third base, you know, hey, um, <laughs> was was the only way I could go. Because I just truly don't have any great memories of a catcher. But I have great memories of Mike Napoli uh, the two seasons he was in Cleveland. I got my buddy a T-shirt. It said Party in Napoli's, and it, like, had his beard. Was he great for you guys that year, too? Or was he just, like, typical 230, hit, like, 15 bombs? Yeah, 230, 15 bombs, but he was the rah-rah guy. You know, he was he was the dude in there. You know, I thought about Jason Veritek a little bit. Yeah, I thought about Jason Veritek a little bit because I liked him as well. But but uh, I I will find zero Red Sox on my list. (laughs) I settled for Mike Napoli. My catcher. That was one of the last positions I filled in. I I knew who I thought I was going to pick. And just for a fair warning here, um, I'm going to have a lot of Yankees on this. Mm -hmm. I grew up as a Yankee fan. I grew up in New York or New Jersey. So I. That's I lived and breathed Yankees baseball my whole life. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Yankees. Jeez, I got this list. I got four, not counting Mike Napoli. I got four like 
Indians okay. on my on so my. I'll give you five because Napoli is because he's sure. on the Indians. I mean, so seven's not too much more. But my, that, but that's how it is growing up. You right. know, you 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 get attached to your team. My my runner up for catcher was Benji Molina. Because I loved that he was a fat guy who was really good at catching and hitting. <laughs> when he ran the bases, he was like slow, pudgy, Bartolo Colon, rink-a-dink guy running around the bases. And I thought it was really funny. But when I was playing baseball, I was a catcher mm-hmm. um, in high school and in Babe Ruth League. And everyone would say, Mike, who's your favorite catcher? And I never really had one. Mm-hmm. But I would default to Jorge Posada. Yeah. Because Posada was the catcher of the great Yankees in the in the nineties and early thousands. He's part of the group. Uh well, more in the thousands than the nineties. Joe Girardi was in the nineties. Yeah. Um and he's part of the group. He's mm-hmm. part of the the group of guys that came up through the system and were, were part of the great teams when I was growing up. Uh he was a great guy. He didn't wear batting gloves. There were rumors that he peed on his hands before every game just yep. to make sure his hands were like nice and callousy and hard or whatever the case is. That's so foul. And it, it's disgusting. And he was like old school catcher. He was super competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, Big leader on that squad. Him he and was, Jeets. He was. And uh, I just grew over over the years. I didn't instantly love Jorge Posada, but I grew over the years to to absolutely adore him. Um, and then Benji Molina was my, my second choice. Joe, who do you got a catcher? Well, if I wanted to go Orioles route, just from what I've seen over the years. Uh, Adley Rushman? I would. Yeah, right. I should put him in there already. Uh, I wish I could say Matt Wieters, but, uh, I loved Matt Wieters when he came up, when he came up, I was really into him. I was like, I like that guy. (laughs) I think he's going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a lot of people. Sorry, Joe. Uh, also thought of a Javi Lopez. Javi Lopez from the Braves. Yeah. But I ended up going with Pudge. I mean, nice. Can't go wrong with Pudge and just some of my earliest memories, uh, Baseball didn't really start real around till in like 99, 2000, and then just the Marlins when they won it, uh, I believe, 2001. Uh, sorry, Mike. Uh, him being big part of that team. It was 2003. 2003? Wow. 2001 was the Diamondbacks. I am old. There you go. All right. Jeez. They, they, Diamondbacks no one, and then Marlins in 03. Yep. So mm-hmm. when they won in 03, rather. Stupid Josh Beckett. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that will not uh, be the last Marlin on my favorite players list. Um, Are we getting a Juan Pierre or a Luis Castillo? <laughs> no, no. Because Juan not. Pierre is a hilarious choice if you enjoy him. <laughs> no Juan Pierre. My center fielder is Juan Pierre. <laughs> He's not, but uh, I, I loved Juan Pierre. He was like honorable mention for me when we get down that because he was just so funny looking. He was like tiny, but had like... If I didn't he have like a mustache or something like crazy facial mm-hmm, hair mm-hmm. and he was so good and yep. so annoying because he would just constantly get on base and steal bases and then Luis Castillo would do it behind him mm-hmm. and you were like stop getting hits you jerks a uh, full disclosure I have I have an Atlanta Brave that beat my Indians in a World Series and I have a Florida Marlin that beat my Indians in a World Series on this list mm. full disclosure Okay, so I went with Pudge just because uh, definitely remember him when he won the World Series with the Marlins, and then all the memories after. You know, um, I don't, I didn't really care about steroids when it came to my favorite players either. So, full disclosure. Yeah, the steroid one, and we'll finish with this topic, and then we'll move on and get get to the the field players. Uh, the steroid one was a tough one, and we'll get to one of mine, and that's where I, well, I've got two guys on this list that are questionable. Uh, well, one is not questionable. Actually, neither of them are questionable, but we'll, we'll get to that. But that was a really tough one for me was like looking at guys and it was just like, 
I can't do it. I just, I, I can't, can't feasibly put you on this list. I don't think I put anybody but one who were steroid users on my list. Yeah. I don't think. A um, couple of texts, fan text line. We got two Mike Piazzas that came in. Um, this guy, favorite catcher I have seen, Johnny Bench. Or Manny Sanguian. Or, or Manny Sanguian. Uh, You're David, lucky to have seen Bench. It's my mom's favorite player of all time. She thought he was dreamy, when quote did unquote. His, when did his career <clears throat> end? Probably in the 80s. Okay, so slightly before our time. Uh, David Ross comes in. I mean, Keith texts in and says, Wilson Contreras getting hit in the nuts is hilarious. <laughs> I don't think that's you saying it's your favorite catcher, but I, I will give you some points. And then P1 Raymond, who, who voted for Mike Piazza, said, followed uh, very closely by Terry Steinbach. But that's what's great about it. Like, I love seeing Manny Sangian and Terry Steinbach. Like, that's cool stuff because that means you loved that player. Sure, they might have been on your team, but that means you associated with them. Right. Like, I wanted to choose Sandy Alomar Jr. as a homer pick, but I was never – I was into other guys before I was into Sandy. I, I'm a huge Sandy Alomar Jr. fan right now as a, as a coach, but not as a manager, but not – I wasn't in, as in love with him as a player. All right, when we come back, we'll get into the diamond. We'll get to first base, and we'll do all that. But first, there's Joe with sports. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Mike Lynch, Joe Fisher, Patrick Harris here with you. Hot Corner every single Wednesday from 7 to 9. I got a Benito Santiago call on the uh, fan text line 55305. Please keep up with us. You know, send in your stuff. We're having a lot of good text interactions so far, so thanks for listening. Yep, we're starting to see uh, some first base calls out already, and that's where we are headed next. Uh, Mike, I'll toss it over to you. This was the most difficult position for me to pick. That's hilarious because I think this was like the easiest for me. I'm going to have to go with Mike. This was a tough one for me, too. I had like three people up for grabs. I think I had to move one of them to DH because of it. Well, so I think the player you have at first base is an Indian, right? 100%. I moved him to DH, by the way. Ah, gotcha. Um, But uh, I think we may be talking about the same guy. We we are talking about the same guy. I guarantee it. Um, Clearly, it's Adam Dunn. No, but uh, <laughs> never played for the Indians. How know, dare you? Know, exactly. It's the guy everyone thought was like Adam Dunn, but was way better. Um, First ballot Hall of Famer, Corey Farr, you listening? What up, bud? When are we going to Cooperstown? <laughs> uh, I, I was down between three people on this. Mm-hmm. My two honorable mentions were two guys I thought didn't get enough love when I watched them play. One was Todd Helton, who we have talked about Ooh, on this show before. Beautiful. Should uh, be in the Hall of Fame. Should be. And uh, based on when I watched him play, he was a Hall of Famer. Now, I know you got the Coors Field argument and all that kind of stuff. Don't want to hear it. I absolutely loved watching Todd Helton play. I liked that he was a quiet leader. um, And he was on a team that I I had a thing for when I was growing up. And I still kind of do. The the new expansion teams that kind of look strange compared to the rest of the teams. Mm -hmm. I kind of always liked them. Yeah. I thought the Rockies were cool until 2001. I thought the Diamondbacks were cool. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I... NFL, the same thing. I like the new teams with the new colors. I kind of like that. So I like Todd Helton because I like the Rockies a little bit. Uh, number two is Paul Canerco. I thought Canerco was such a solid player who nobody ever gave the respect he deserved. You know, White Sox his entire career, super steady, you know, great hitter, great hitter, and a great fielder. Paul Canerco is the only White Sox I have respect for. Because he was amazing. He was great. He was really good. I don't hate Frank Thomas, and I have respect for him, but I don't call him the big hurt for nothing. Uh, but the first baseman I landed on will make Mariner fans happy, and it's John Allred. Go uh, Cougs! You know, you know why I picked John Allred? And this is going to sound silly, 
But the protective hat at first base? <laughs> yes, actually. Yeah! Because I have such distinct memories of watching him with the helmet Sean on first base. Yeah, baby! And Wazoo's finest. First of all, he's a way better hitter than people think. And B, he was an incredible fielder. If you're, if you're going to be, for me, because I played first base before I switched to catcher, you got to be a good fielder. You got to be able to 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 snag the ball when it's down on the ground. You got to be able to dive for it. You got to be able to stretch well. Mm-hmm. And John Allred was all of that. Yep. And he played for many teams, and including the Yankees, I guess. I don't know if it makes it a homer pick. It was at the end of his career. Won a World Series in Toronto. He did with Joe Carter. Um, but I just I loved. He was so unique with the with the helmet at first base, mm-hmm. and that that always stuck out with me. So John Allred's my first baseman. Joe, who you got at first? Uh, who I have at first. Who'd you end up replaced my DH at one point mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. And I remember this quite vividly because it was the first time I played fantasy baseball and I had uh I had Jim Tomey at first base and he was struggling. It was his last year in Philly, mm-hmm. injury, so he wasn't playing much. And then I'm like reading the daily info and I'm like, all right, so they have this guy coming up, Ryan Howard. I don't mm-hmm. know who that is. What uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what this guy does. Well, we definitely saw what he did. He was good. Buttery smooth swing. Uh, one of my favorite swings. Especially for a giant man. Yeah, exactly. And he just hammered the ball. Mm-hmm. Hammered it. And just seeing him re- come out of nowhere. Because, again, Jim Tomey, he was in Philly and had it locked down. And then that was kind of when he started to get a little bit more injury prone because he had been in the league already 20 years before that. But uh, Ryan Howard, to me, was one of my First baseball players that I was like, oh, my God, this guy is amazing. It was close, though. I almost went with Carlos Delgado, though. Ooh, I like that name. Yes. Uh, some things coming across the fan text line, 55305. Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly. Yep. Um, Mark McGuire, Andreas Galarraga, the big cat. I kind of like that. The big cat. I remember him. He I was do, real good. I do as well. Um, I went with Jim Tomey. Uh, this, this was kind of an easy one for me. The Jim Tomey I know was a first baseman. The Jim Tomey that I fell in love with was a first baseman, and that's why I kept him there. The Olrud one is a really tough one for me because he is the most prominent Wazoo baseball player of all time, and I, I'm i with you, Mike. I loved him. I thought he was so great and such a versatile player and one of those, like, those are the kind of players you have on your roster these days that gets you to a World Series. Yep. Not your star like player. You guys. Yep, not your star player, but that's the guy that gets you over. I went with the... All-time Indians home run leader in Jim Tomey. The way he rocked, the way that, the way all his power came from his back foot and his back leg and his right, his foot was always up off the ground. It was on his heel. And I just, for a big boy from the Midwest, big country boy, uh, I always really, really liked Jim Tomey. I think we have a Cubs fan listening because he's the one who texted in Dave Ross. He also texted in Derek Lee. Oh, uh, I, I actually always enjoyed watching Derek Lee yeah. play for some reason. He was... He was the calm. He was like Tim Duncan. He was calm. He didn't say anything, but he was really dang good and consistent. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a similar personality type. Yep. Uh, let's move on to second base. Let's get to second base so we don't do one per segment here. Uh, someone asked me, did you ever see Mattingly? Are you too young? I mean, I watched him, but I'm a little bit too young. I don't remember watching Mattingly. He might have still been playing when I was watching, but the only first baseman for the the, the first the the lo- the oldest first baseman I can remember for the Yankees is Tino Martinez, but I also that's also because I knew him on the Mariners. I I, I started watching baseball around ninety five ninety six, um, when I was six years old, 
and 95 was Mattingly's last year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I remember my dad was is a huge Yankee fan. I remember watching the team at like four, but what do I know? Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I did not get to see Don Mattingly play in his prime or else I probably would have picked him at first base because yeah. of how great he was. Best mustache. I mean, Raleigh Fingers was, was good. Say, Thurman Munson was good. Raleigh but Fingers just just that Tom Selleck, Burt Reynolds porn stash. <laughs> and Donnie still rocks it from time to time. It's he all does. gray and thin. I love it. He does. All right, second base. This second base. You want me to go first? I'll, I'll go first on this one. Second base. This is one of this was also another extremely easy category for me because this goes back to one of the things that helped me fall in love with baseball. It's so funny because I'm not even a fan of this team. Was the '95 playoffs? So much stuff went on. You got the Mariners game, the comeback against the Yankees, the Indians are in the World Series. Those are like the childhood memories I have. '95 is a big season of baseball for me. And there was this second baseman. This skinny little kid, he was short, but he had hops like no one's business. And as badly as I wanted to choose Robbie Alomar, the answer is Joey Cora. Uh, Joey Cora, without a doubt, when I was a kid, I was extremely small. All I wanted to do was play second base. And I watched Mariners games all the time because they were on TV. And it, I always wanted to be Joey Cora. My second baseman, this is the most out of left field one that I have on this entire list. And it's a guy who... I kind of despised because he killed the Yankees. He killed a lot of teams, but he was like the little engine that could. And he was really small. He moved around the positions in the infield, but he was a second baseman. I remember him most from the angels. It's David Eckstein. Oh, I really enjoyed watching David Eckstein play. He was like, he, he was like that annoying little gnat that was so good. I don't know if you're catching a trend that I like the really small players mm -hmm. who hit a lot of singles and got mm -hmm. on base like Juan Pierre. Um, that was, that was David Eckstein. And I didn't have a lot of uh, second basemen on, on the list that I was thinking of. Like Robinson Cano stood out. I loved Cano when he was easy. Yeah. His smooth swing, his ability to field with ease and make it look really easy. But then the steroid thing, and right. he left, and I felt like he he left when he shouldn't have kind of thing. Um, so I have a little bit of resentment towards Cano because of that. But uh, got us Gleyber Torres, I suppose. But um, Eckstein was so fun to watch, and he was so important to every team he played on. That's the thing is if you can find your niche and you are really, really important to the team that you're on, even if you're not the power guy, even if you're you're just above average at a lot of things like Eckstein was, um, to me, he was my favorite second baseman that I watched play. Yeah, I remember him mostly as a shortstop. So I'm glad you have that memory of him as a second baseman because yeah. I really, I mean, I kind of remember he him. played in, both. Yeah, I kind of remember him at the Angels. I really remember him uh, that first Cardinals World Series that they won with like Pools and those yep. guys. I think he's the MVP. He might have been. Yeah. yeah, I think he was the MVP. Joe? I am going to go with uh, my first favorite Oriole of all time, uh, Brian Roberts. Oh, that yeah. That is a good one. I became an Oriole fan in 2001, and, you know, he joined the squad shortly after that, and he was he went through a lot of bad years with them. But he was the best player on that team for many of those years. So uh, flash the glove, consistent hitter, and I, I was going to go between him or Jeff Kent, but as soon as I remembered Brian Roberts, I was like, oh. Can't come on now, Joe. We can't can't go not go with the Oriole here. So uh Brian Roberts is my second baseman. Uh some other people coming in. Uh P. Rose, Willie Randolph. I'm so jealous you got to watch those guys. I loved Willie Randolph as a coach. I would have loved him as a player, I'm sure. Lou Whitaker, Steve Sachs. Willie Randolph's cousin was my personal trainer for a couple of years. Ooh, that's cool. <laughs> uh Jed Lowry and Lance Blankenship. 
because um, he's the only signed jersey I ever got. That's P1 Raymond. That's Lance Blankenship. But but that but that's the kind of stuff, man. Like yeah. I, I he didn't make my list, but there was this up and coming potential star for the Indians, Jody Garrett. He played right field, and I got his T-shirt jersey. I was so jacked about this guy, and he tried to toss me a foul ball, and some jerk stole it from me at, uh, at Safeco one time. But I was always like, yeah, see that guy's awesome. So I love those kind of memories. The one for me like that would be Luis Soho. Yeah. If I picked him because uh, I it was I was at Yankee Stadium on bat day and I was holding my bat out with a gaggle of other fans and he grabbed my bat and signed it. Yeah. And see uh, that's awesome. And I I will always remember him. He was a utility player. He didn't start or anything. But oh, I remember him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. great name first of all. But. Totally. All right. When we come back, we'll dive into. I don't know if this will be the toughest for everybody or if this was an easy one for you. We have the the golden position of the infield, the shortstop and third base. We'll do those you next. Think that was tough. Well, for you, maybe, <laughs> you punk. We'll do that next. 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Humanity's Last Breath is the band. They are very good. Yeah. Very good. They better be if it's my last breath. <laughs> Actually, right. a fitting band name for what's happening right now with lung shortness of breath. and. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. Sorry, I went there. <laughs> I know we're, being, we're trying to be distract, distracting here, but it's on the brain. Um, so we've already got some people texting in with their shortstop picks, so let's go around the horn and try to, try to do these. I think it's going to be easy for Mike. We'll start with you. And say Jeter on three. One, Derek two, Jeter. three. <laughs> it's Derek Jeter. I don't, I don't think there's much need. I mean, Jeets is Jeets in I your talk, world. I talked about him when he got elected into the Hall of Fame. And, um, I mean, Jeter was my Yankee. Yeah. He was the guy that all of us who were my age, around 30 or, you know, within a couple of years both ways, he was the Yankee that we grew up on. Yep. He was, he was the quintessential guy. He was the captain. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many World Series victories, and he was the face of the franchise and, frankly, the face of baseball. Yep, so without a doubt. That's that's why I picked him. Uh, Joe, who you got it short? Uh, I have. <laughs> this is going to be a little bit out of left field. Nice, nice. Then he must have picked him for third. Um, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, okay. you know where I'm going. <laughs> I was like, thing. oh, I, we got to commercial break, and I was like, oh, crap, I know who Mike's got. Oh, no, is Joe going to do that too? Nah, yeah, you know where I'm going with this, but for shortstop, I went with Jose Iglesias. Ooh, really? Because he was now a Baltimore Oriole. We'll wait and see when he gets to wear the jersey for the first time. But his defensive ability, I mean, Patrick, you know this because he played in Detroit, and so mm-hmm. you saw a lot of games against him. A lot him. of Iglesias, yeah. Um, when he was in Detroit, they were good. So, Mike, you saw them in the playoffs probably a couple times. Um, and he, I'm trying to think of – like just different timelines here. And uh, he just at shortstop, I felt like time and time again, I would see web gem and web gem and the highlight and the highlight every week. It seemed, or every other day it was Jose Iglesias making a play at shortstop. And I know there's so many great shortstops out there. Mm-hmm. It is like you said, going to the break. It's, it's the position, the golden glove right there. And yeah. And, so, and we grew up in a heyday of shortstops. Exactly. You know, I could argue that Derek Jeter is like, the fifth best shortstop of the heyday that I grew up in. 
<laughs> take take away like the accolades and the captain and all the off the field stuff and just like numbers and a player, you know. I, there was a lot of other guys I liked more, but that's the whole point of this is who do you like? Yeah, give me Jose Iglesias. Yeah, most definitely. Nice. Again, left out, out of left field, but uh, I'm taking him. And he's now an Oriole. I'll have to get his jersey. Nice call, Joe. Uh, this is this was really difficult for me. Um, all signs point to Omar Vizquel. And yet you picked Derek Jeter. Uh, I did not pick Derek Jeter. <laughs> um, all signs go to Omar Vizquel. I think he's the best defensive shortstop of all time. I hear you, Ozzie Smith. No disrespect. I just think not that I saw Ozzie Smith play, but the highlights. Right, right. But I think Omar. Vis- I think Omar Vizquel is the greatest defensive shortstop of all time. Watching him turn a double play was art and beauty. Uh, I feel like he's the quintessential two hitter. Um, a guy that's going to make contact, might not get on base, but he's going to move runners. Um, consummate pro, seems to be a pretty good manager. Uh, yeah, I, I really wanted I really, really wanted to pick Omar Vizquel, and this is kind of a tie because I realized I think there was a Sports Illustrated article in like 2002 about this swing, and I like cut it out of the of the of the magazine. And I put it up on some plywood in the backyard. And I tried to emulate the swing from where my feet sat, how my hips turned, how my hands rolled over, the way I held the bat. And that's Alex Rodriguez. Mm. When I was a kid, when I was in high school, Alex Rodriguez, in my opinion, was the greatest player I had ever seen. And that's the steroid guy you're talking about. That's the steroid guy I'm talking about. And that includes, you know, I watched Griffey. You know, and I'm sure that name will come up again at some point today. But Alex Rodriguez, when I saw him in Seattle as a kid, uh, again, as a kid in that 95 team when he was just a nobody, a hotshot prospect, and then he became the richest man in baseball, and he was a good-looking dude, and he was tall, and he had this power, but he could his, his range at short was just unbelievable. I can't believe I'm going to pick this, but I, I take Alex Rodriguez, and it blows my mind. I mean, when he started coming up, he took the league by storm. Yeah. And then when he turned into steroid McSteroid Sten, he still took the lead by storm because nobody knew he was doing it at that mm-hmm. point because he was hitting bombs on the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And frankly, he's taken the league by storm again because he's rehabilitated his image somehow, yep. and now he's the voice of baseball or one of the voices of baseball, and... And there and there was there was part he, of it. He has a magnetism to him. There was a part of it too for me that was like when Alex left Seattle, I was like, oh, that's kind of dirty, man. This team's getting good. And he got went to Texas and then I got pissed at Texas. I was like, man, this guy's super good. And you guys are trash. And then he got traded to the Yankees. And I got really mad at Derek Jeter. I was like, move to second. This is the greatest shortstop to ever play the game. And you're gonna make him play third. I was really mad at Jeter and the Yanks because I thought it was gutless. Mm. I was like, swallow some pride, go play second. This is the greatest. And it worked out. You it worked like it worked out for him. It worked out for him. Yeah. I just thought as a captain, you know, hey. You don't make the captain move. <laughs> Not right. The captain should do it himself. <laughs> anyway, so so I take Alex Rodriguez. Should we slide? Should we skip, get third base in? Or? Yeah, I'll get third base in. Okay. Um, I will, um, yeah, I love these real quick. Cal, Ozzy, Jeter, Omar Vizquel, Alan Trammell, Barry Larkin, Robin Yount, Tony Fernandez. That's Ooh, awesome. Barry Larkin's a good one. Uh, Nomar Garcia-Para. Ew. 
Nomar, I loved Nomar as a kid. I because I grew up in that shortstop. Stupid. The only one of his wrists and the nine thousand superstition, baby, superstition. You know, I still liked Miguel Tejada at times. You know, I loved all those great shortstops. Uh, Jed Lowry. I do not acknowledge that. Yeah, I think that's a joke. <laughs> uh, third base. I'll go first on this. This one was the easiest one for me. I think. Okay. Uh, my pick is Scotty Baseball. Scott Rowland. I think was just a classic pro. Was a vacuum cleaner at third. Nolan Arenado, close second. Interesting. I love Nolan Arenado. This was an easy one for me, too. If you've listened to the show for any length of time, you probably know where I'm going with this. Uh, Chipper. Uh, he, Griffey, and Jeter were my three favorite players growing up. Um, and I always said that if I found out that any of three of them did steroids, I would be completely heartbroken. Mm-hmm. I, I think Chipper was great for baseball. I think he was... Um, I don't know. Maybe this is incorrect, but the way I viewed him growing up was like... Jeter was like... The guy who went and slept with all the celebrities mm-hmm. and Griffey he was the hot shot and Griffey was the kid mm-hmm. and Chipper was like the everyman. Yeah. Chipper yeah. was just the the guy that everybody Larry. could relate to. He was Larry. Larry. And he named his child Shay because he slaughtered the Mets at Shea Stadium. <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. And it's great as someone who hates the Mets that it's the guy who killed him that I like so much at third base. Yeah. Um, I thought he was the consummate pro. Yep. And, and hearing him talk now and obviously his Hall of Fame speech, he's been doing some of the TV stuff a little bit, too. He's just so natural and calm, and I kind of like his southern drawl a little bit, and it's just, I like Chipper. I like him a lot. Yeah, I mean, we said this when, because let's see, Jeets retired after Chipper, right? Yes. And that's what it was. Well, or did Chipper retire? Been, you know, yeah, it was after. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't go in together. No. Um, well, Jeter technically hasn't gone in. Um, yeah. Maybe he won't if it's <laughs> a ceremony. Chipper's just one of those guys that you watch baseball long enough, and you're kind of like, Wait, Chipper Jones doesn't play third for the Braves? Right. Oh, okay, I guess. Um, what, what What are we doing now? Right. Yeah, and that was one of those things. No Chipper in baseball is weird. I couldn't put him on there just because he's a Brave. I just couldn't do it. I, I think I think but you're you right, like, Mike. But you like the Braves? No, I don't. I like them now. Oh, okay. I did not like them then. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. But Chipper was great. Switch hitter, third base, left field. Could do it all. Yep. It was great. Joe? Well, we already kind of discussed it. <laughs> Manny Machado is my third baseman, mostly because that's what he played in Baltimore. Oh, that is not, <sighs> that what, is we were not what we were going. See, this is this is a newer oh. age baseball fan. Yeah. He didn't watch when he was a kid like we did. Right. So uh we you... thought you'd go Cal. Oh no. I mean, like he was when, when you started I... watching, it was like his last year, right? Yeah, exactly. When I went to Camden Yards, it was two thousand one. And that was, I believe, the year that he was, like, not stopped showing up for games and stopped playing, essentially, and, like, right. towards the end of the season. So, um, so yeah, my memories before that are faint or non-existent, basically. Uh, so, for me, it's Manny Machado just because of all the highlights plays that I've seen with him in the Orioles. And the Orioles had a good run in the mid of this uh, middle part of this last decade, and he was a big part of that and just... He made his plays at third base. That's where he predominantly played over there and just amazing plays as well. We all know it. So Manny Machado, my third baseman. God, looking at the fan text line, I envy you guys so much for who you got to watch. Brooks Robinson, Dave Kingman. Yeah, see, like, uh, Carney I, Lansford, I would like Chipper to choose Jones. Cal Ripken, but, you know, Mike, the, again, Mike the Schmidt, you know, like Brooks Robinson. I'd have killed to see Brooks Robinson. I, li- I like the Mike Lowell comment, even if someone's trying to troll. Matt I, Williams. <laughs> yeah. I liked Matt Williams when he was on the Indians. I did. I hated him because he beat the Yankees in the uh, I will, World Series. I will Big say, honorable mention for third base, old man Ryan Zimmerman. Oh, 
That was cute. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, Joe, a little disappointed you didn't take Cal. He's, well, a, dude, I, he's, he's a newer I, fan. I know, but I know, but both Patrick and I looked at each other like, is he putting Cal at shortstop or is he putting him at third base? And you were like, oh, you know how I'm picking Manny Machado. <laughs> and he jumps Manny Machado uh, and my jaw dropped. Yeah. I was like, uh. Oh, I'm, sure that, I'm sure there were listeners that are just like, oh, my sweet God. <laughs> like, this, get this kid out of here. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we'll dive into the outfield. And I think this is going to be a whole lot of fun. We'll do that next. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.